Good evening, and welcome to the Midnight Owl. I'm your host, Tim. This podcast is proudly a part of the Not After 30 Podcast Network. You can contact the Midnight Owl on Facebook on the Not After 30 Podcast group, on Instagram, the Midnight Owl Podcast, and if you have a story to share, beardedandboard at gmail.com. I'm your host, Tim, and this week we're talking about the conspiracy theorist, David Icke. I've got 99 problems, and 86 of them are completely made-up scenarios in my head that I'm stressing about for absolutely no logical reason. Unknown. The truth will never be known about David Icke. If he's an honest man warning the world of impending doom at the hands of a malevolent alien force, an anti-Semite hiding hate under tinfoil hats, or just someone that found a way to monetize his desire for attention. David Icke's theories are entertaining on the surface level, but before you give Mr. Icke any money, take a look for yourself at his politics and decide if he's someone worth financially supporting. There are many people who believe that Mr. Ike is literally talking about aliens. No allegory or hidden meaning, he is speaking earnestly. If you are unsure, there are many interviews and posted lectures on YouTube, so you can learn about his views without giving him cash. Speaking for myself and myself alone, his close association with hate groups and the acceptance of known forged literature created as propaganda against the Jewish community is enough to warrant a great personal dislike. It is important to talk about David Icke early in our journey into the occult, supernatural, and otherwise unknown, because he touches on many beliefs in this genre. His specialty is New Age healing, and any major conspiracy he comes across that he can adjust to his philosophy. He is charismatic enough to be at least visible to people outside the subculture of conspiracy, which is pretty rare. So his take becomes how the world will come to view the various conspiracy theories he adopts. Barkins, three types of conspiracy theories. Event conspiracy theories. This refers to limited, well-defined events like 9-11 or the Kennedy assassination. Systemic conspiracy theories. The theory is believed to have broad goals, kind of like securing the control of a country, a region, or even the entire world. Oftentimes, these conspiracies are simplified to one evil organization that plans to infiltrate and subvert existing institutions. Super Conspiracy Theories Where many conspiracy theories are linked together to form a hierarchy, with some distant, all-powerful evil force controlling the lesser organizations or plots. Born in England in 1952, David Icke was a loner most of his youth, feeling shy and withdrawn from most people, preferring to watch the trains than speak to anyone. He got into soccer, or football, as a way out of poverty. He was a goaltender, which he once wrote, 
that it suited him as a loner and gave him a sense of living on the edge between hero and villain. A philosophy innate to his character and career path, apparently. Struggling in school, Ike left at 15. His professional football career was in the employ of Coventry City and Hereford United in the 1970s. His career came to an end due to rheumatoid arthritis in his knees at the age of 21. The arthritis would have caused terrible pain. His second life came in as a sports broadcaster. Starting as a local sports reporter, Ike worked his way up to presenting for the BBC on the popular TV show Grandstand, as well as covering some snooker matches. As the 90s began, David Ike was a prominent member of the Green Party, gaining a seat amongst the leadership of the party. He was released from his position at the BBC when he began to voice the opinion that he would not pay a new tax the government had introduced. The BBC is technically a public service, and however impartial it wants to be, it needed to distance itself from him. Ultimately, Ike did pay up. At this point in his life, Ike is well known in Britain. He was a household name and was even listed in advertisements along with Woody Allen and Audrey Hepburn for a children's charity. Seeking relief from the constant pain from the arthritis that ended his first career, Ike had gotten into New Age medicine and philosophies in the 1980s. This is where a self-described shy man's life took an unexpected and curious turn. Just a quick aside, I want to take a look at all these claims of being an introvert and being shy. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I don't know. I don't know the man. But up until this point, he became an athlete in his country's most popular sport. He got in front of the camera to present it when he could no longer play. And when this didn't get enough attention or spotlight, I got behind a podium to gain a political stage. What a terrible burden for someone who hated attention. David Icke was in a shop when he felt a sudden and indescribable pull towards a book at the back of the shop. It was Mind to Mind by Betty Shine. He read the book cover to cover overnight. Then Ike immediately wrote to Betty to book a visit with the psychic healer. This chance encounter created the man we know today. David Icke has written over 20 books, created many DVD presentations, and given lectures to sold-out crowds in over 25 countries. These lectures can go up to 10 hours. I've watched some of these lectures, and there's something else. Most of his slides are created with what looks like a meme generator. And to prove a point, he just tries talking long enough and fast enough so that when he circles back about an hour or so later, any point that he made in the first hour is proven later because he had already said it. He claims that over the course of the four visits he had with Betty Shine, she told him that he was placed on this world for a purpose, that soon he would begin to receive messages from the spirit world. Ike claims that Betty told him that she had a message from Wang Yi Li of the spirit world, that he had been sent here to heal the earth, and he would become famous but would face opposition. The spirit world would pass along messages. He would have to deliver them to the world. We all want that moment where Hagrid announces, You're a wizard, Harry. Where the old desert loner lets you know your father was a Jedi, and you are too. Where if you choose the reality you always knew existed, then you are the one. You're Neo. 
You're the chosen and special. I don't know if it even counts as a moment of weakness when someone gives you that speech. If you think about it, if you want to believe it, I'm still waiting on my moment. I hope that doesn't paint me in a bad light, just that I can identify with that part of David Icke. I just hope I would have the strength of character to trust in those that love me when they take me aside and explain how crazy I sound. Maybe I'd just be lucky to have anyone that loves me enough to say, You're crazy, Tim. He announced to the world that he was the son of the Godhead on the Terry Wogan show. I have a quick quote about that moment. Ike, the best way of removing negativity is to laugh and be joyous, Terry. So I'm glad there's been so much laughter in the audience tonight. Wogan, but they're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. Ike, I don't care. During the course of that interview, he announced the impending end of the world. That the world would soon be devastated by tidal waves and earthquakes. This was caused by the destabilization of mining the seabed floor for oil. Overnight, this interview took David Icke from a household name to a living joke. I think I failed to mention while all this was happening in the interview, and the growing frustration crossed Icke's face as the crowd refused to celebrate his genius and new revelations, he was likening himself to Jesus and was sitting there in a turquoise windbreaker outfit. This is because turquoise attracts positive, vibrational energy. His children and wife were chased and bombarded with questions by reporters for his beliefs. After going quiet for a time, Ike began to write and publish his works with ever-evolving theories. Four years after he left the Green Party, he was officially banned due to fascist views. In 1991, Ike began a relationship with an English psychic living in Calgary, Alberta. With the blessing of his wife, she moved into their home with their child. This arrangement became known by the media as the Turquoise Triangle. It ended in the birth of his daughter by the psychic. The research I came across said that Ike only saw this child once. His wife gave birth to their second child in 1992. In his work, The Robot's Rebellion and The Truth Shall Set You Free, he began to endorse the anti-Semitic forgery, The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Written in the 1900s as anti-Jewish propaganda, explaining how the Jewish people were going to manipulate the world into falling under their control. The Truth Shall Set You Free was released in 1995 and caused Ike's publishers to no longer want to work with him, after which he became self-published. One of Ike's core beliefs is that the universe is made up of vibrational energy, and consists of an infinite number of dimensions that share the same space. Because we can only see or experience a limited number of vibrational frequencies, we as the human race can be is easily manipulated by outside forces, like the interdimensional race of reptiles called Akrons, or Anunnaki. The Anunnaki have essentially hijacked the Earth. They have done this by genetically modifying certain bloodlines of the human race to form the ruling families and guide the course of human development and politics. This hybrid race is shape-shifting half-reptile, half-human. They are known as the Babylonian Brotherhood, the Illuminati, or the Elite. 
Tying back into the vibrational energy concepts, the Anunnaki feed off the negative emotions of human beings. Therefore, the ruling elite hybrid race keep the human race in a constant state of fear through war and tragedy to feed their masters, the pure-blooded Anunnaki. David Icke pretty much accuses every major world leader of being a part of the Babylonian Brotherhood. And if they're not of Anunnaki descent, then they're complicit in the push towards a global fascist state. Also referred to as the New World Order, or post-truth era where freedom of speech is ended. The way we can defeat this invading alien force is by waking up to the truth. When we understand we are being controlled and pushed towards war and hate, we can decide to only fill our hearts with love, essentially starving the Anunnaki from our negative energy, killing them off and taking back control of the earth. David Icke has described himself as the most controversial speaker and author in the world. His defense of the accusations of anti-Semitism circles back to the idea that we can only defeat the Anunnaki and their hybrid orders on earth through love. So any form of racism, hate towards any religious group, or sexual orientation is counterproductive and stupid. Then again, David Icke has campaigned for Holocaust denial to be taught in schools. Here are some excerpts from his books. Page 135, The Truth Shall Set You Free. I strongly believe that a small Jewish clique which has contempt for the mass of Jewish people, worked with non-Jews to create the First World War, the Russian Revolution, and the Second World War. This Jewish-non-Jewish elite used the First World War to secure the Balfour Declaration and the principle of the Jewish state of Israel, for which, given the genetic history of most Jewish people, there is absolutely no justification on historical grounds or any other. They then dominated the Versailles Peace Conference and created the circumstances which made the Second World War inevitable. They financed Hitler to power in 1933 and made the funds available for his rearmament. Ike also states in The Truth Shall Set You Free. How is it right that while this fierce suppression goes on, free copies of the Spielberg film Schindler's List are given to schools to indoctrinate children with the unchallenged version of events. And why do we? Who say we oppose tyranny and demand freedom of speech allow people to go to prison and be vilified and magazines to be closed down on the spot for suggesting any other version of history? David Icke also says in The Biggest Secret, colon, the book that will change the world, it was the Rothschilds who funded early Jewish settlers in Palestine it was the Rothschilds who helped to create and fund Hitler and the Nazis in the Second World War, which included the sickening treatment of Jews, gypsies, communists, and others. It was the Rothschilds who used the understandable post-war sympathy for the Jews they had mercilessly exploited to press through their demands for a takeover of Arab Palestine. It was the Rothschilds who funded the Jewish terrorist groups in Palestine which bombed, murdered, and terrorized Israel into existence. It was the Rothschilds who funded and manipulated these terrorists into key positions in Israel. Among them, Prime Ministers Ben-Gurun, Shamir, Bijan, and Rabin. These men would spend the rest of their lives condemning the terrorism of others with a hypocrisy which beggars belief. It was the Lord Victor Rothschild, the controller of the British intelligence, 
who provided the know-how, Israel's nuclear weapons. It was the Rothschilds who owned and controlled Israel from the start, and have continued ever since to dictate its policies. It was the Rothschilds and the rest of the Brotherhood Network, which has gained and suppressed the fact, confirmed by the Jewish historians, that the overwhelming majority of Jewish people in Israel originate genetically from the Caucasus Mountains, not from the lands they now occupy. The Jewish people have been sacrificed on the Rothschild's altar of greed and lust for power. But even the Rothschilds take their orders from a higher authority, which I believe is probably based in Asia, and the Far East dictates to the operational headquarters in London. It's hard not to see anti-Semitism in insane claims like that. For my favorite story about Ike having to defend his beliefs, in 1999, while attempting to gain entry to Canada, my home country, he was only granted access after persuading immigration officials that when he said lizards, he literally meant lizards. That any connection in his talks to global banking conspiracy and the Jewish community is absurd. He literally means that it's reptiles controlling the world and plotting our downfall. The Canadian book chain Indigo Books decided to no longer carry his books. I looked up his books on Amazon.ca out of curiosity. They're not for sale there either. Ike takes this and any criticism to mean that he's right and the ruling elite are trying to silence him. This is a common allegation he throws around when he's banned from a country. That, oh no, look, it's because... I'm saying the truth that they want to muzzle me, that they want to stop the truth from reaching the masses, that if I'm just crazy, then why do we want to stop freedom of speech? If I'm crazy, no one will believe me. Oh, quickly, I just want to take a break here and say uh, cheers to Australia. As of right now, they've denied his entry into the country for an upcoming speaking tour. Well done, folks. Hats off to you. I do want to note that Ike has accused many non-Jewish persons of being of Anunnaki descent. That doesn't excuse the anti-Semitic belief structure. I just don't want to oversimplify his claims. Lots of far-right and fascist groups enjoy his works, assuming he's talking in code words. Combat 18, a neo-Nazi group, has gone to his lectures. They gave it glowing reviews in their newsletters, commending him for his word choices. In one hand... He claims he wants to leave the spotlight. In the other, he gets enraged when people don't want to listen. His best, well, at least most repeated defense is that if he wasn't telling the truth, then why haven't these world leaders, Oscar and Grammy winners, met him in court? Well, although not high profile, a human rights lawyer from Canada, Richard Warman, who happens to be Jewish, sued for the lies Ike published in his 2001 book, Children of the Matrix. Ike made claims that Warman was a part of a satanic child abuse ring and took part in murder. The settlement was reported to be around 90000 Canadian dollars. Bookstores that carried his works of fiction and refused to stop selling them, even after libel claims were set paid out $120,000 to Warman. It is suspected that Warman was targeted because he worked to let venues know what Ike's beliefs were by providing excerpts from Ike's own work. Several venues cancelled his talks. If you want to get further into this, you can look up the documentary David Ike, 
The Lizards and the Jews by John Ronson. It's available on YouTube. I'm going to warn you, the contents are very uncomfortable, but uh, when, when you're reading the comments below the video, they're insane and hateful. So if you're not interested in that, just watch the video, or if none of that interests you, I, I understand. Paranoia. Paranoia is a thought process characterized by excessive fear or anxiety, characteristically to the point where it could be considered irrational or delusional. Paranoid thinking typically includes persecutory beliefs concerning an obsession with a perceived threat. As we discussed earlier, Ike believes that the universe is made up of vibrational energy and consists of an infinite number of dimensions that share the same space. Some people can tune their consciousness to various wavelengths. In an interview with The Guardian, he was quoted as saying, Our five senses can access only a tiny frequency range, like a radio tuned to one station. In the space you are occupying now are all the radio and television stations broadcasting to your area. But you can't see them. And they can't see each other, because they're on different wavelengths. But, move your radio dial, and suddenly, there they are. One after the other. It's the same with the reality we experience here as life. What we call the world and the universe is only one frequency range in an infinite number sharing the same space. Ike has talked about ancient aliens. Uh, the first advanced civilizations were the product of interbreeding between our species that led to the creation of Sumer, Egypt, Babylon, and the Indus Valley. If that's true, then maybe we shouldn't be so quick to hate the Anunnaki. Without them, we wouldn't have the world we know today. And Ike should remember that, without them, he'd be sitting around a fire with everyone looking disinterested while he spins his tall tales, instead of having his thousands of listeners across the world, thanks to the internet. The Old Testament mentions the Nephilim, aka the uh, Fallen Ones. Some translations interpret the Nephilim as giants, others as angels. But irregardless, both interpretations state that they interbred with humans. I take this to mean it was one of the breeding programs the Anunnaki have run. In Sumer, there is a goddess cradling its offspring. Both are reptilian in nature. Ancient Egypt has a reptilian god, Apep, a deity that opposed the light and was the incarnation of chaos. Mesoamerica had Quetzalcoatl, the flying feathered reptile god. Various religions in India, such as Hinduism, Buddhism, Yanism, speaks of the Naga. They're human-snake hybrids that were viewed as demigods. The first breeding programs between human and Anunnaki took place 200,000 to 300,000 years ago. The third and latest was about 7,000 years ago. The last breeding program made hybrids that were more Anunnaki than human, and they're the current ruling elite. Some of the hybrids act on instinct but don't know they're being controlled. All of these hybrids have a shape-shifting ability, and it occasionally slips in the public eye. The evidence of these slips are camera flares or red eye. Common problems with cameras. In my opinion, Ike seems to be heavily influenced by science fiction a personal affront to a lifelong nerd such as myself. 
He could have at least taken or been inspired from something more obscure than the sources he has possibly used. Ike has said that the Anunnaki have come for what he refers to as monoatomic gold, which he claims can increase the capacity of the nervous system 10,000-fold, and that after ingesting it, the Anunnaki can process vast amounts of information, speed up transdimensional travel, and shapeshift from reptilian to human. This sounds a lot like the premise of a prominent sci-fi novel, Dune. More specifically, the spice from Dune. The planet Arrakis contains a spice that when ingested by humans can process vast amounts of information, make transdimensional travel possible, and with overuse can mutate a human. I pray to the gods old and new that one day we hear David Icke claim he went through his own personal Gom Jabbar with Betty Shine. The covert alien infiltration by a hostile alien reptilian race sounds a lot like the TV series V. I loved this show growing up. My older brother introduced me to it when I was very little. Wikipedia describes the plot of the show as a race of aliens that arrive to Earth in a fleet of 50 huge saucer-shaped motherships, which hover over major cities across the world. They revealed themselves on the roof of the United Nations building in New York City. Appearing human, but requiring special glasses to protect their eyes, and having a distinctive resonance to their voice. Referred to as the Visitors, they reach out in friendship, ostensibly seeking the help from humans to obtain chemicals and minerals needed to aid their ailing world, which is revealed to be a planet orbiting the star Sirius. In return, the Visitors promise to share their advanced technology with humanity. The governments of Earth accept the arrangement, and the Visitors, commanded by their leader, John and his deputy, Diana, begin to gain considerable influence with the human authorities. Strange events begin to occur. Sciences in particular become the objects of increasing media and public hostility. They experience government restrictions on their activities and movements. Others, particularly those keen on examining the visitors more closely, begin to disappear or are discredited. Noted scientists confess to subversive activities... Some of them exhibit other unusual behaviors, such as a sudden demonstrating of hand preferences opposite to the one they were known to have. Also, there's a lot of themes of a one-world government being imposed on humanity by the subversive actions of the visitors, the visitors becoming an allegory for the Nazis. Michael Barkin puts forth the idea that the reptilian conspiracy originated in Conan the Barbarian series of comics, created by Robert E. Howard. The first appearance of the Serpent Men in literature was Howard's story, The Shadow Kingdom, published in Weird Tales in August 1929. The story drew on the theosophical ideas of the lost worlds of Atlantis and Lumeria. You should note that Frank Herbert's Dune, Conan the Barbarian, and V came out long before Ike's theories were formed. Now, as new blockbusters come out, Ike will infer his theories onto them as examples, like Avatar, and most heavily The Matrix. Ike seems to have been extremely taken with the movie series The Matrix. He believes that much of reality is a holographic projection or sensory illusion being beamed down from the Anunnaki from an outside source. This theory started off as the Moon Matrix theory and became the Saturn Moon Matrix theory. The Moon Matrix 
is introduced in Human Race, Get Off Your Knees, The Lion Sleeps No More. A mouthful of a title, in which Ike suggests the Earth and collective human mind are manipulated from the moon, a spacecraft, and interdimensional portal the reptilians control. The moon matrix is a broadcasting satellite, essentially. The left hemisphere of the human brain gives us our sense of reality, so it's the main target of these transmissions. Ike believes the moon was constructed by the reptiles, which is evidenced by the different ways the moon has been depicted throughout history from various cultures. This idea is furthered in Remember Who You Are, Remember Where You Are, and Remember Where You Came From. Another mouthful of a title. Now, we have come into the fully formed idea of the Saturn-Moon Matrix. So he, he states that there's a hexagonal base that appears as a storm on Saturn, and the rings of Saturn were artificially created by reptilian spacecraft. That would imply they traveled from their planet to ours, taking thousands of years, or they possess faster-than-light travel. But... Ike has also stated that the Anunnaki are interdimensional beings, so time and space don't affect them the same way. What I don't understand is at one point there are ethereal beings beyond our comprehension and physical world, and the next they're breeding with our ancestors building spaceships that can construct moons and planetary rings. As a terrible writer myself, that is just sloppy world building. So these manufactured rings are the ultimate source of the signal, where the moon functions as an amplifier. He claims that the frequencies broadcast from the hexagonal storm on Saturn are amplified through the hollow structure of our artificial moon, keeping humanity trapped in this false reality. The foundations of his beliefs are founded on a genuine concern for humanity and the oppression from the ruling elite. This is where the true appeal lays for David Icke. It's a broad concern many of us have that the 1% or ruling elite or the rich create circumstances that will keep us under control and allow them to run the world and maintain their wealth and privilege. If we are distracted enough with technology and common convenience, they can maintain control. In Infinite Love is the Only Truth, Icke introduces three categories of people. The Brotherhood, who he states are interactive software programs, or red dresses. They lack consciousness and free will, and their human bodies are holographic veils. Uh, I believe this is directly lifted from the Matrix movie when Neo first enters into the tutorial program, and he gets distracted by the woman in the red dress. The second is sheeple, the vast majority of humanity. They're conscious, but do as they're told and are an energy source. They include repeaters with sheeple. Um, repeaters are people in positions of influence who repeat what other people tell them. Doctors, teachers, and journalists, for example, are all considered repeaters to him. The third and smallest group are those that see through the illusion. They are usually dubbed dangerous or crazy. That means that Ike has written a reality where he can only be called a hero for seeing past the dangerous reptilian masquerade. That's the basics of his beliefs. It is possible I glossed over vast areas or oversimplified certain parts of Ike's dogma. 
but I'm trying to present a more concise version of what I've been able to research thus far. As I said at the start of this episode, look for yourself and come to your own conclusions. I found a list of individuals on Wikipedia Ike has reported to be a part of the reptilian elite conspiracy. It isn't a complete list, but if you see one of them, be observant, in case you have a chance to see them shapeshift for yourself and prove me wrong. One category is royalty. Uh, The entire British royal family is of Anunnaki descent. The late Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, was one of the highest satanic witches in Europe. The Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Merovogians, I butchered that name, the Merovogans, a medieval French dynasty, Habsburgs, the most powerful family under the Holy Roman Empire, and then various Egyptian pharaohs. Politicians, uh, Dick Cheney, George W. Bush, Bill and Hillary Clinton, Al Gore, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon, Lyndon B. Johnson, John F. Kennedy, Henry Kissinger, Franklin Roosevelt, Ted Heath, Winston Churchill, Tony Blair, Oh, Dalton McGuinney. He was a former premier of Ontario, Canada. Mikhail Gorbachev, Stalin, and Hitler. In 2008 in New Zealand, an Official Information Act was requested of John Key, the then Prime Minister, to ask if he was a reptile. Key denied the accusation and added he had taken the unusual step of consulting not only a doctor, but a vet. In 2013... A survey in the United States by public policy polling, 4% believe that lizard people control our societies. Now, for the overall goals of this Brotherhood of Babylon or the Illuminati, you have to understand that there's a tiered system of power, with the Anunnaki or pure-blooded reptiles at the apex of the global conspiracy. Under them are the prison wardens, who are the global elite, under them is the Brotherhood. Beneath that is various controlled groups who act in the interest of the overall mission. That mission is what Ike describes as the great work of ages. The ultimate machination is to have a population microchipped and under the control of a global Orwellian fascist state, or the New World Order. The New World Order and microchip population under control of a global elite is a common conspiracy theory, with many believing and retooling it to fit their own view on the world. Often this conspiracy has undertones of racism and anti-Semitism, but not always. Sometimes it's just the rich out to get the poor. The New World Order will be a post-truth society that has no freedom of speech or movement. Ike uses the phrase problem-reaction-solution to explain how he believes the Illuminati or Babylonian Brotherhood agenda moves forward. The Brotherhood guide the population in the direction they desire by creating false problems, sometimes even false flag operations where the government kills their own people. This creates a reaction from the target population, which allows the Brotherhood to give their desired solution to the problem they created. Incidents and issues Ike attributes to this are 
Oklahoma City bombing, Dunblane, Columbine, 9-11, global warming, chemtrails, water fluoridation, the death of Princess Diana, the assassination of John F. Kennedy, and Agenda 21. One of the methods of problem-reaction solutions is creating fake opposites, or what Ike calls opposames like the Axis and Allied forces of World War II, which he believes were used to provoke the creation of the European Union and the State of Israel. To ensure the outcome, the brother want to have control of both sides. U.S. Presidents George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump are part of a false political divide. He believes they're all pushing the exact same agenda. Ike is a anti-vaxxer as well, uh, not because he believes it'll give children autism. Uh, Ike has warned people to avoid the swine flu vaccine because it's an evil plot created by the Brotherhood to kill off a great number of human beings and perform large-scale biomedical experiments. Other conspiracy theorists have been saying the H1N1 vaccine is a plot by the New World Order to kill off human beings as well to make it easier for the rest of the population to fall in line and them to take over. Ike's belief on vaccines, as I understand it, are basically intended to undermine normal health. The vaccines upset the balance of chemical and electrical signals in our bodies, leaving us more susceptible to disease. I have not, and I will not apologize for my description of David Ike's beliefs. I gathered this information from multiple online sources and by watching a few of his lectures. However, there may be more nuance in his books, or if you want to deep dive into his website or lectures. I've stated twice in this episode, and I will say it again, go out and make your own mind up. Do I think the rich and elite of this world have a vested interest in keeping the status quo alive? Absolutely. Are they innately evil and want to kill us off? No. We're all just people trying to make our way in this crazy world. Something that I'm confronting being new to this world, opening my mind to magic and conspiracy and outside thinking, is the weird manipulation of a few to take something innocent and turn it into a device of hate or evil. I don't know if this is because they're outsiders already, and finally find this forum of ideas. They can identify with them, then they can apply them to their own poisoned, vitriolic views towards any group they decide. Something that helped conceptualize this whole topic was this quote attributed to Alan Moore. The main thing that I learned about conspiracy theory is that conspiracy theorists believe in a conspiracy because that is more comforting. The truth of the world is that it's actually chaotic. The truth is that it is not the Illuminati or the Jewish banking conspiracy or the gray alien theory. The truth is far more frightening. Nobody is in control. The world is rudderless. I want to thank everyone I met at PodCamp Toronto. It was amazing to be in the same room as both podcasters and all-around fans of podcasts. 
In particular, Traveling Mitch, who is a travel writer. You can find his amazing adventures on Facebook, Instagram, or his website. He also does a podcast called Rick Steves Over Brunch, and it's about celebrating the episodes of a television show based on Rick Steves. I've never seen an episode, but I am insanely excited about checking out Traveling Mitch's podcast. Scott Thrower of Fairy Tales for Unwanted Children was extremely welcoming and generous with his time at PodCamp, giving me a ton of advice and encouragement. His podcast is about presenting uh, new fairy tales, kind of more in the vein of the Brothers Grimm. The sound design is amazing, and his stories are dark, wonderful adventures, packed into about 20 minutes. Thank you to the Not After 30 podcast. They were kind enough to give me some advice. It's an amazing, almost network of shows on one feed. I'd also like to say to the Not After 30 crew, congratulations on the win for Outstanding Adult Series in the Canadian Podcast Awards. Thank you to the listeners of Nana Nation for giving me a try. If you have any interest in creating a podcast or making it better, or just sitting in a room with fellow podcast enthusiasts, Google PodCamp and see if there's one coming up in your area. PodCamps do their best to make sure the camp stays free, but any donations you feel comfortable giving can help keep them alive. The event staff at PodCamp Toronto were amazing. Thank you. I look forward to being there next year. You can find me on Facebook. I have a Beard and Board page. The Midnight Owl Podcast, all one word, on Instagram. And feel free to email me at beardedandboard at gmail.com. B-E-A-R-D-E-D-A-N-D-B-O-R-E-D at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and give a review. Get excited for 2019. I hope to increase the release date of these eps and be on a bi-weekly schedule for the rest of the year. If not, we can all assume it was some ancient and terrible curse, and I'll have to fight it off. Now it's time to take off your tinfoil hat. An owl at the moon. Hoot hoot. <laughs>